Welcome to The Word, people, where we bring you straight up Sales 411. You get to chill and hang with the best and the brightest in the sales industry. And we don't do it boring, we do it with swagger. So let's go, people, it is on. Good, you know what's sad? This is what I get for relying on me and, and, and when I don't use the brains of the organization, Brady. So it is what it is, and so I'm sorry for all you people who missed it. I hit, didn't hit record. <laughs> <laughs> so this is live, and all the people listening are gonna have a blast, but that kick-ass diatribe I just went on ah, is not recorded, which just that. bums me out. And it's, Zoom has a problem, they, they make record. It's way down here on the bottom, you gotta press a button for more. Right. The broadcast is right in front of you. Record should be right next to it. So listen up, Zoom. When someone is broadcast, you should say, do you wanna record too? Like, well, yeah, good idea. Don't make me go search for that shit after I did a two-minute dialogue and screwed it all up. God. Anyway. You'll have to do a LinkedIn video. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Hey, now you're talking. Now you're talking. All right. So listen. So, so Lori, tell us. First, tell us about Women Sales Pros. Give us a little background on, you know, why you are the expert, which you are on this whole topic of women in sales. Well, if, if I am an expert, I didn't seek out to be one because I want to be known for my expertise in sales and sales leadership. And, and I don't think any women, any of my peers who are so-called, you know, sales experts, whatever you want to call us, uh, most of us just want to work with teams and, you know, help solve sales issues. But I realized about five years ago that I was seeing a lot of the same problems that I saw 30 years ago when I first got into sales. And it's ridiculous because we can't find enough good salespeople. We can't find enough good sales leaders. And there is like a perfect storm brewing between some things that women need to do to step up, some things that companies need to do to, you know, work on unconscious bias and some conscious bias. And altogether, it keeps self-perpetuating this issue over on, on an ongoing basis. So I didn't answer your question though. Women's Sales Pros is a community and uh, we're virtual for the most part and we showcase sales experts and we're also starting to launch pages with sales leaders and we're going to showcase some sales reps pretty soon. So be watching womenssalespros.com. It's evolving and getting better and better. Okay. Um, all right. So let's start with some, some, bias busting all right yeah in in the world of sales from the data that you're aware of whether it be like factual hard data or some some soft but uh highly uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for um implied data or, or circumstances yeah. but it, you know it leads to something what are some of the things how do women stack up in sale in comparison to men well, so I'll talk about the things that I know to be true about women, uh, you know, genetically and the way we're raised, and also some stats and data that's been gathered by organizations like CEB, which is now Gartner. Um, there, there are lots of different data points, and I, you know, I'm not going to rattle everything off today, but I will refer people different directions. What we know is how sales has changed to be very relationship-based. Um, we know that women are strong. Generally speaking, I'm making, you know, not sweeping generalizations. Most women are good communicators. Most women are collaborative. 
Um, many women have skills that are, you know, intuitive. We have empathy. We're, we're born and wired a bit differently than men, as you know. Um, but we're also raised in a way to be generally more nurturing, more supportive. So we attack sales problems differently. And the combination is awesome. So if there's a team that's all guys, and I, I've worked with many like that, um, they just keep hiring people they know, athletes, you know, the same, same type of person. Um, they're missing out on more revenues. And, and there are, you know, we can share some stats about that. Um, more revenue when you have diversity in your sales team. Period. Okay, let's not even talk about diversity. I'm going right at it. Do women perform better than men in selling? Yeah, and it, so the studies that Gong has done show that. Chris Orlov would love me to share that. Um, I encourage people to, to look up Gong women and, women and men on sales calls. Their data showed that. Um, Objective Management Group has some data that shows that women are stronger at sales than men. Yes. So, yeah. so women, generally speaking, based on early preliminary studies, outperform men when it comes to sales. That's very, I hate to, you know, I hate to say that. Yes, you do. I have, the data says it. See, yeah. the data says it. Yeah. Right? We have some great data showing that. Yes. Yeah. So look, why am I pushing so hard on this? Because there's clearly some things going on, right? Yeah. There's some bias, right? I think yeah. there's also some association in networks. Like, so let's keep it real. You know, I hire people I know and I like. You hire yeah. people, you know, for what it makes it easier. Let's keep it real. Like when it comes to hiring, if we know somebody, it feels safer. And yeah. the whole concept of hiring is about a, is this a sense of avoiding risk. Now, I'm slightly the opposite. I like, oh, I think I got the next all-star that no one's ever heard of. So I take crazy risk and it kicks me in the ass. But most people <laughs> avoid the risk in hiring. So yeah. that starts with who do I know? Then if it's not who do I know, who looks and feels like me and thinks like me? And then it works its way out. And so if I'm a a 55-year-old white dude from upper middle class, it's going to take a little while before I get out there and hire a, a, a young woman or even a young yeah. brother at that matter, right? And that's yeah. not saying it's bad right. all that way, but so how do we, how do we change that? Well, and just identifying that there, that might be a possibility is really important because I know a lot of the really great guys that I talk with on a regular basis, they don't know when they say or do something that you know it is actually biased you know i've heard people and i i catch them on it and i tell them i did that on linkedin recently to a mutual friend of ours and and because he had said he was looking for a great salesman who could do this and he could do that and i was like whoa you're missing out on half the population yes and he caught himself and he and he fessed up and he you know made a note on linkedin and i thought that was really awesome i i don't do that all the time but he's a good friend and i knew that he would take it the good that i meant it in a positive way that that you know that is not hidden bias that's you know overt bias and so you got to catch yourself when you do that and all right so understanding that what are some ways that, oh, let me phrase it. What are some of the biases that you think sales leaders, sales organizations, et cetera, have? Let's start with the subconscious. I'm not even going to begin to say people are conscious bias. That's, we'll leave that one out. We'll let people struggle yeah. on that on their own. Yeah. Yeah. But the, what type of subconscious biases do you think people have or that there exist that we can put them on the table? And then we'll talk about how do we address them. But what's some of the ones that are on the table right now? Um, best sales reps are former college athletes. 
Uh, women can be college athletes too, can they not? They can be, yeah. But it doesn't mean, being an athlete does not mean that you're going to be great in sales. Okay. If you're a team player and you have a lot of characteristics and a high sales DNA, um, then yeah, you'd be awesome. But there are, I know a number of athletes, we've all seen them on sales teams that, you know, they were selfish. They were, you know, they were not um, building relationships. It was very domineering. It didn't work out. So the example yeah. in this one then is, if I, if I play this out, the idea that athletes make great salespeople is not true, but only also in that for many people, the bias is that men are the athletes. Yes, for sure. Right. So it, it's sort of two tiered thing, right? Athletes are great, great salespeople. And oh, by the way, athletes are the men. Right. And I, you know, I had an athlete in my family. My son was a division one uh, college hockey player. Still and is. I, he's a brother. He's still good. He's yeah. teaching. Yeah. And he's a brother. <laughs> Talking about bias. He's a brother playing hockey. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. He, you see it all. Yeah, I get you. I yeah, that's you. right. And and so I, I'm not saying athletes aren't bad. He has a, the the captain from his team at college in Northeastern Hockey. He's a sales leadership star in the Boston area right now. But it doesn't, you know, it was because he was open minded. He was coachable. He was trainable. He had all these things in addition to being very gregarious and and didn't mind being booed in front of you know thousands of people. All that kind of stuff. So it can be great, but it's not the be-all, end-all. Another one is that uh, women are too nice to, you know, to close business or our style is different. And, you know, our style is different, generally speaking. I mean, I'm known as kind of a nice person when you think. Yeah. Uh, I close business all day long. You know, they're not mutually exclusive. And so young Ooh. sales. Yeah. Ooh. So you really would, and, and please correct me, but I, I want to help flush this out. What I heard here is I'm going to change the word from nice to the idea that salespeople have to be aggressive. Yeah, for sure. Aggression is attached to men again. You see it all the time. You see it all the time. I mean, I was at a, a big sales show in New York City where there was a booth that talked about killer this and killer that, you know, the whole aggressive type of sales guys, there are sales contests and competitions that are going on. I've seen on LinkedIn, you know, and, and just the wording, this whole aggressive thing, it doesn't do anything for me. I get it. Um, but I'm going to build relationships and I'm going to close business based on having great conversations and moving a sales forward. So the problem Keenan is that young sales reps that are promoted from, from reps into leadership, um, they want, they think that you have to do the same thing. And if they're male, which most of them are, they'll see a young woman who not only has a different style, it might be a little more passive, maybe like I am, but we also vocalize. Sometimes women will say, and tell me if I'm wrong, you ever heard a woman go, oh, I got this big call coming up. I don't know if I can do it. And, you know, and, and, it, and men feel the same way. They just don't verbalize it. That's my opinion. So in seeing a lot of uh, young folks being onboarded, I've noticed that, that the guys just kind of suck it up and they're quiet and women will sometimes say more than maybe we need to. And the managers will say, oh, I don't think she's, you know, confident. I don't think she's able to do it. All right. I like this. All right. So I, I want you to steer me or correct me if I mess this up, right? Yeah. I feel like what you're saying is, Many of the 
assumptions we have about selling are traditionally attached to a male persona. So yes. competition, aggression, yeah. but that doesn't yeah. mean, like, cause, but I don't see that as necessarily those two things being specific to, to men. I, what I feel is those are the, the biases we have to those are yeah. then what flows down to hiring men. Cause there are tons of men who are not off the charts aggressive, right? right? Or super competitive. Yeah. I have one particular friend who, um, who actually played in the NFL. And I love the guy to death and he's super, he was a super talented football player and, and really smart guy. But I clearly, he does not have that competitive kill. Like he just doesn't have it. And I'm yeah. like, you know, so, so I think what I'm hearing is the bias isn't necessarily that um, women aren't aggressive or women aren't competitive. The bias is we associate those things with men. So by default, the subconscious is we look for men because we're trying to go down some false narrative about what sales is really about. Yeah, and the only thing I would change is I'd say, I am competitive, I'm just not aggressive. Mm -hmm. I'd use the word assertive, you know, they used to call me the pleasant pain because I kept following up and following up and following up and, you know, they're like, stop, all right, we'll buy, you know, already. Mm -hmm. But it, it was not, you know, it was never, it was just never overly aggressive and, and those, you know, sales meetings where it was like gung-ho, let's go kill them and, you know, let's, you know, win this war and all that. It just doesn't resonate as much with with most women some women are you know that we know aggressive women I, I do too but generally they're not like that okay all right so someone asked mickey just asked they're with a tech company i thought this was a great question so understanding that we're going to shift the gears we might come back in a second but i want to make sure we get here um what are the best places in areas to find experienced and talented saleswomen right I, first of all, I like to see companies looking within their existing organization. There might be a woman that's in finance, even. One of, one of the great sales leaders right now, Amy Appleyard at LogMeIn, uh, came from a finance department and a real smart leader at a, a previous company tapped her on the shoulder and saw that she had leadership ability. She ended up managing, you know, thousands of people at Staples. And then she moved over to log me in. So look at people within your company. You know that salespeople that are really good with project management can be, you know, that can be one really great skill. So if you're good at managing and keeping track of things, in addition to some basic sales fundamentals, um, it's good to try people that are within your reach. Um, beyond that, I love seeing people from service industries like you know, car rental counters. Yeah. <laughs> I've been known to piss off a few uh, managers of those firms mm -hmm. um, or, you know, FedEx office type people that have been, been around a long time. Look at retail. I mean, thousands of stores, Toys R Us. I, that may not be your best, you know, tech salesperson, but there are some great people in retail who um, could, could, you know, if, if they were assessed, and I believe in assessing salespeople ahead of, ahead of hiring them. And um, they, that could be a really good place to look to. You know, you know, it's a place that I like for, for salespeople in general. You, you can't really build it into your recruiting structure. I think it's too hard to, um, how do you say, uh, uh, give or take. But one of my favorite places to find really good salespeople is the windshield crack people. Oh. 
Really? Right? You know, think about this, yeah. okay? They stand around a car, a car wash all day long, oh. right? And then they walk up to complete strangers, they look at their car, they see a crack, and then they convince that person in the moment yeah. to, to let them fix it and charge it to their, to their insurance company. That's prospecting, that's engaging, that's overcoming objections. And yeah. think about how uncomfortable that must feel. So someone yeah. can overcome all of that and do that in the public and be so interruptive, you bet your ass they could be a good salesperson in a, in a business environment. I yeah. love those people. Yeah, hospitality, anybody from the hotel industry where they're very service-minded uh, can, can possibly be a good fit. Uh, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say the colleges and universities with sales programs, because there are some awesome, unbelievable salespeople coming out of those organizations. Okay, so Mickey says it doesn't work when she's an enterprise tech startup. So this is what I'm gonna say to Mickey. Mickey, uh, I would suggest to you that you build a structure that allows you to be a little more flexible in your requirements for the role. So if one of the requirements of your role is if you're a SaaS or they have to have enterprise tech experience, throw it out the window, doesn't matter. You can go get a woman who's been selling to doctors in, in, in uh, pharmaceutical sales, who's probably pretty badass, and you can move her over and you can teach her your product and you can teach her SaaS, but she will be able to sell really well for you. So I think if, if you're really, really committed to bringing in women, you got to be a little more flexible in the criteria you use for that particular role. Because at the end of the day, sales is sales. If I had to go back and sell tomorrow, I don't give a fuck what it is. I will sell the shit out of it. And if you won't hire me because I don't have pharmaceutical experience, or you won't hire me because I don't have HVC experience, yeah. you're an idiot. You're just engineering. Up. That's one that where there are a lot of men is there's a requirement for engineering background. And... So first you have to jump the hurdle of engineering, which there are less women, but then you have to jump the hurdle of, you know, say going into sales instead of an engineering type of a, a role. And, and I agree with you. I'm so glad you said that because you do not need to have certain um, requirements and people are just, they're, oh no, you don't know my industry. You know, it's, don't you hear that too? I hear it all the time. Like, like people call me to hire me, right? Like to hire me and say, hey, Keenan, how much experience do you have in what? And I'm, I'm like, none. And why are you asking? Yeah. It doesn't make any, no. I know how to sell, baby. And that's all you need to know. And I will yeah. build your sales team. And if you can't get that through your head, then you need to go talk to someone else. I love that. You made my day. <laughs> oh, yes. So, so to anybody listening here, not just with women, but for women in general. Yeah. You're looking to hire somebody. The most important thing is how well can they sell? How strong are their, sell, their complex right. selling skills? How strong are their prospecting skills? Or how strong are their um, the ability to establish and, and do discoveries? You want to get into the selling components. Yeah. Not whether or not they've done SaaS, not whether or not they have industry experience. Now look, if, if two people are exactly the same, then yeah, the industry experience is going to get them going a little faster. Doesn't mean down the road, two, four, six years down the road, they can do any better because they'll all be at the same place. It's just a little faster onboarding. That's it. So Mickey, that's my suggestion to you. Broaden, broaden your expectations around the role and then hit LinkedIn. I mean, pharmaceutical sales and, and medical sales alone, women out right there is a good example. Let's talk about that. Women are far more represented in those spaces from a selling perspective than men. And marketing. A lot of marketing companies, there tend to be more women in those, uh, in those roles as well. Yes. So yes. that's another place to find women. 
Yes. All right. So, so we're flying. This is good. So I want, now that we've said how great women are and how they outperform men and we need more of them, I want to flip to the darker side for a minute to let people know that we're not just up here, you know, with, you know, being snowflakes, et cetera. Right. Tell us what happened to you in San Francisco when you met with like 50 different saleswomen. Yeah, so I uh, went to an AAISP event, and I went there, ran a session with Dr. Joel, Joel Lebon of the University of Houston. He and I are doing some research to find out why the number is flat in sales leadership for women. And so we had some specific questions. We had about 50 women show up for our uh, meeting. Many were young, younger, and that's why I'm referring to younger women is that I tend to be in front of a lot of younger women that are looking for their first or second job or their career. And we asked a number of different questions from different perspectives, from an organizational perspective, from an individual perspective, from a role perspective. And I almost got physically sick in this meeting because I heard a couple things that I couldn't even believe. And the first one was that one young woman, she was a young woman, it was her first sales role. She said that her sales manager, who's male, would not make eye contact with her. And I said, excuse me? Like, how does that work? <laughs> Is that working for you? Um, you know, Dr. Phil, right? Uh, she wasn't in the group that I was in. I was kind of wandering around, but I came over and talked with them. And another young woman in another group told me that when she interviewed, the hiring manager asked her if she was planning on having children. And I was like, wow, that's a blast from 1980. Wow, he straight up asked her that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used to have, I used to work with people that I had to tell them like, you know, that's illegal to ask, right? Um, so years later, I just couldn't believe it. And, and there were two things. One is that I'm sorry that this still happens, but I felt worse that these women didn't know how to respond. You know, like if, well, I wouldn't if, know how to respond to that either. Well, you're talking to your manager. He won't look you in the eye. I mean, aren't you going to say, excuse me, but, you know, I'm really going to need you to look at me? But, but I, think, I think it depends. Like if it's been my manager for a while, yes. But in the beginning, no. I mean, in the same thing with, are you planning on having children? I mean, there are people who asked me questions or made semi-racist statements to me before. And yeah. you're just so shocked. Like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Did you really, like you, you, you literally on your heels. So I, I have empathy for women in that regard. I get it. There's been times, and I got a big mouth. I just was like, uh, what do I say here? And then I share these stories and the women, other women just nod their head. Like, yeah, I heard someone told me something like that today. This happened yesterday that I was sharing this and they said, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, we, we really need to, to work on that. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, what other types of stories, what, what other stuff, any other good ones? Um, you know, it's just um, things about, not getting promoted, uh, other people around who happen to be male uh, get the promotion. Um, we, we talk about a lot of different things when it comes to different situations that people are in in sales. And um, it's, it's just typically not listening to me, not feeling like I'm valued. In some cases, again, there are some awesome, amazing sales leaders, many men that I've worked with in the past, and that I know now, and so I'm not making a blanket statement. It just, it just kills me when I hear this. Even you know that I don't know why it should happen at all okay. anymore. I agree. 
Yeah. All right, so I'm going to stir the pot a little. Yeah. Okay. Where, where is the line between the sales industry being more accepting and open and more accepting and open to women and or women uh, acclimating or uh, not yeah. the word acclimating. Uh, what's the word? Help me. Help me. Um, uh, dealing. Uh, uh, oh, no, it begins with an A as well. Um, when people come into a new society, they don't acclimate. They um, uh, assimilate. Assimilate. Oh, assimilate. Yeah. Yes. Very okay. Yeah. Where, where is, is there a line yeah. or is there not a line? Should, should yeah. we be doing some hey, assimilating when, as well? Listen, when I started out, I was a single parent. I knew I wanted to make money and I knew that I could be in a career where I made the same amount as my male counterparts. I could care less about what the guys talk. Guys would come in on Monday all hungover and, you know, I'm so had such a tough weekend and yeah, I could care less. I mean, that didn't bother me. And so I know women that do that now that they just, you know, they don't care that, you know, the guys are going to a strip club, for example, that that still happens too. Um, and, you know, I know a woman said, well, I'd go with them because I want to be part of the team. Um, so, you know, you absolutely need to focus on what your, my goals were succeeding in sales and being a rock star and doing really well. And I didn't care. And all I wanted to be is in the top 20 in our company every, every month. And so whatever it took for me to, to do that, that's, that's what I was focused on. But it would get irritating, you know. Um, the, where is that line, right? So where is it? Like, it depends. Okay. You know, it depends for each person. No, I'm, I'm sorry, but from, from an organizational perspective, right? Like if, if, if you're running an organization or, yeah. you're, or you're looking at the industry as a whole, yeah. philosophically, where do you come down that, you know, where is it, where is it that men need to say, look, this is, you can't expect a woman to come this far and, or women, no, you can't expect men to be this open. Like, is there a line or is, does it all go one way or the other? Well, what I was thinking when you said that, and it isn't an exact answer to your question, but I was thinking about a leader. It's it set, the tone is set by the leader in the company. And so I know a leader, a good friend of mine, Shep Maher in San Francisco. And if he heard things that were inappropriate on the sales floor, he would come out and say, guys, we're not going to have, this is a professional environment. This isn't a locker room, period. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that locker room issue, you know, that we now have all the way up in our society, apparently. Um, it, you know, there are things that are acceptable and that aren't acceptable. And you want to be in a professional environment. That's what our company is. If you, if you want to do something else, go somewhere else. And, and I like, I like it when their lines are drawn and it's clear cut that this is acceptable. This isn't, you know, why, why are some men uncomfortable now to mentor women in their organization after the me too movement? Mm -hmm. um, if, if they're the men I know, they're not going to have any problem because they know what work is all about and they know how to help someone build their career. They don't have to go out to dinner with them necessarily. You know, it can be done in the office. They can be a mentor. They can be a sponsor. And so it can be very clear cut. And I think maybe we need to help redefine those lines like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So you talk, um, you talk about formality, right? Yeah. And you actually, I think you called me on this and then I talked to you and and if I'm getting this wrong, please tell me, but I think you called me on this and we talked about like, oh, I get it now. Where do we draw that line for, or of professionalism, for instance? Because 
I think I talked about this on LinkedIn a little while ago in one of my videos. A lot of people suggest I play on the wrong side of professionalism. And I call bullshit, right? The things that people call professional, I don't call professional. Like, I would never swear at a client, but I don't think swearing in behind the scenes of a, of a company is like just swearing yeah. at somebody. It's not unprofessional. Other I people do. I call dudes brothers, babies. I call women chicks and sisters. Yeah. Is, is all of a sudden now that unprofessional? And I, like, so we, how do you do that? Like, how do you create informality, right? Yeah. So that so people can relax and be themselves, but at the same token, know where the professional line is. How do we do that? Yeah, it's, it's tricky. And, and I think, again, it goes to strong leadership. I mean, in your case, you have a persona you have, you don't call, you know, you don't say things to put people down. You say them as friendly, you know, friendly greetings and things like that. Now, I, I had a situation where I was working with a mostly male sales team that a new trainer come in and he called me honey. And I said, okay, you know, I didn't say it in front of him. That's the other thing is you don't embarrass people in front of other people. Talk to him privately. But I said to him, I had been working with this team for a long time, and I said, I don't mind honey personally if you're my mom or yeah, you know, somebody yeah. else. But I said, in this environment, um, I need you to call me Lori because of the scenario. We don't have very many women here. We have no women leaders, and I need you to show, you know, to show the respect. Whether even even though I know you didn't mean it that way, mm -hmm. so I, you know, I cut him a break by saying, I know you don't mean it but this is a way it can come across. It's when you see an all male panel. Um, maybe it wasn't intended that to be hurtful, you know, mm -hmm. that a third of the audience might not resonate with the people up front. Sometimes people don't think about things. And so mm -hmm. give people the benefit of the doubt, let them know. Um, the thing about wording about what to call women, a lot of women will call themselves girls. I choose to call women women Again, it's a professional environment, but I understand that that might be a generational thing too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. I think that becomes the challenge, right? Yeah. It's, the, it's the broad macro versus the micro and how one person feels, right? So, you know, um, as you talk about honey, that's an easy one to me because I've never called a woman honey or baby um, because I understand the connotation, number one. Or hun. Two, or hun, or hun, you never. And here's, that's a New man, England thing too, you know truth but it's still it's still sexually biased because here's the deal men don't refer to men in any type of vernacular in that type of fashion right, right? so um they don't they don't there's there's a there's a sweetness in a, in a i'm not sure the, the term i'm looking for a, a connection thing that is you're like i call my wife or something if men had an equivalent for men and did it for right. both i'd be okay with it like it's not a workplace respectful thank title. you thank yeah. you now, dudes do call, well, men call dudes, dudes, buddy, pal, brother. So if they have the equivalent for women, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I think that's what women need to move in. If, yeah. if it's like, what's, I, hey, what's up, sister? What's up, brother? I'm equal opportunity, right? If all of a sudden some woman's going to get mad at me for calling her sister, okay, now, is that dude going to get mad at me calling from brother? Like, what are we doing now? We, we, yeah. As a black dude, I go through the same thing. If, right. if a, a boss or a leader calls everybody by their first name, but then calls me brother, you've just changed the game just for me. That's the problem. You don't yeah. change the game just for me. We got and a problem. The handshake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The handshake. So rather than shaking my hand, they're like, what's up? I was like, whoa, wait, we're in timeout. 
So say, I see here's my message to women. And if I'm messed up, you back me off. Ladies, look for consistency in your leader. If yeah. they're informed with the men the same way they're informed with you without crossing the line, then don't make something of it. If they're not and they're treating you different, yeah. that's like, hey, why am I being treated different? Hun here, sir there, not the same. Yeah, I think the worst thing is when someone goes, oh, you got to be politically correct now, you know, and it's not about that. It's about being respectful in the workplace. And so, you know, people need to think about that and just try to put yourself in someone else's shoes. It's okay to ask someone, hey, I've been calling you, you know, I know a guy that calls me pal, which, <laughs> you know, it doesn't do much for me, but I guess that's his thing. You know, hey, pal. I'm yeah. like, okay. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> He, you know, he was a client for a while, so he cut me a check and it worked out. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, if it bothered me, I'd say, you know, it'd be great. You know, I'm not trying to be politically correct. I just, I just want to give, you know, some feedback about being respectful in the workplace and what works mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, yeah. I like that last piece, what works for you. And I think it goes both ways, actually. I, actually, everybody listen to what she just said. That was great. What works for her? Yeah. It isn't always a gender thing or isn't always right. a race thing. Just right. because she doesn't like being called pal doesn't mean it's about women. It's just, it's, it doesn't work for me. Now, you know, there's a flip side. I had a guy get mad at me because I called him brother, a boss. And really? I, I said, hey, thanks, brother. And he pulled me aside and said he thought I was in, in, unacceptable and blah, blah, blah. And I, I just sat there and I'm like, this is what you want to talk to me about? The fact that I said, what's up, brother, in an email? Yeah. So anyway, so be careful of where you choose to draw the lines yeah. right? and understand the intent behind it, et cetera. But anyways, okay. Yeah. So we got a couple more questions. Um, a lot of people want to hear about recruiting of women in sales. So let's talk more about this, right? One yeah. person says, how can you make a job description more, uh, using their words, more attractive, more attractive women? How can we make the job description pull more women in? Yeah, and I, I know you probably have some comments too as a recruiter, Keenan, right? But um, I'll share what I know. First of all, there's a great service called Textio. Have you heard of this? I haven't. Textio, T-E-X-T-I-O. Um, they will, you can put a job description through it. I think they have a free version and a paid version and it will show you male and female bias. So, so it's not just, you know, male, it could be female. And, and it will give you the option to change words. It will also show words that are really passe, you know, that, you know, that, that everyone uses and it will give you suggestions in general. So that's a good thing because what we find is that there are, are words like those, you know, real masculine, like, you know, quota killers. We're looking for, people say aggressive still. I just saw that in a job ad the other day for a sales role. Um, aggressive will not attract, uh, you know, will not attract women for sure. That's interesting. Well, I, 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 I'm going to go check that out. So could you say it one more time, the name of that site? Textio, T-E-X-T-I-O.com. All right, very cool, very cool. Yes. So I, I'm probably the worst person to ask this because I don't have an HR department. So yeah. I do whatever the heck I want. And if it if it's crosses HR lines, there's no one I have to answer to. I work, right? I don't care. And I'm too small for anybody to come in and sue. So I say, fuck it, not my problem. So I do stuff that companies might not do. But this is something that you tell me if you like. One of the things that I think is helpful is changing it from we're looking for people to men and women. So now you actually have women in it. Like you're, you're saying, yeah. we're looking for men and women. When you say people, that allows the bias to persist. If I'm saying salespeople and my natural bias to salespeople is men, I'm thinking men. But yeah. if I say we're looking for sales, um, men and women, 
right, who do this. And then if you change the pronoun as you move through, she can accomplish, she can get done, she does, he does, he does, she does, and you switch yeah. them back and forth. You said a very clear, very clear pronounced. Yes. yes. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Also, women sales pros, we're going to start having job ads on there where you can click right through to the company that's hiring because people will call me. Like I, I hear from CEOs and HR people that say, you know, we really want a woman chief revenue officer. Mm -hmm. But of course, they can't advertise that. No, you know, they can't. They right? can't. But if you, ha you know, if we have a page for VP sales openings, and someone is paid to advertise their job, and it's womensalespros.com, chances are they're very open to talking to women. So that's another thing, and, that, and we're not the only site that is gonna be doing that. There's sites that do that now. Mm -hmm. So that's another good way to get the word out. Do you guys actually have a, a community where, where women sales pros can come in and build a profile and we're building that. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Should have done a long time ago. Yeah. If you had all these women who put yeah. profiles on you, that's an easy, that's easy pins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. people, I mean, people go through LinkedIn. They just, you, people have bots, you know, they have ways to, to find women on LinkedIn. So it's not like no one's ever tackled that. But, yeah, but, but the, the opt-in power is very different. When they're all yeah. opting into you guys, it's very different. Yeah. So that's the thing I was going to say to both of, both of these people um, who asked about recruiting, talk about I'm having difficult time getting women to apply to my job postings and uh, women are not applying as much. As a recruiter, I'm going to tell you this. Even for men, so look at this as a double whammy good benefit insight. If you're trying to grow your sales team, through inbound applications, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. For men and for women. Like, you need to be sourcing and you need to be going out and finding. In our recruiting division, I think less than 10% of the people we place were people we found through an application, yeah. right? You gotta get out there. So that gives you the power. If you really want women, as you've just said, you go to LinkedIn and you run a search and you put all your, your, your criteria in, and start with the women. Reach yeah. out to them first. Don't reach out to the dudes. Reach out to them, right? I mean, guys, be a little and more proactive. Yeah, and locally, you can have events like HubSpot in the Boston area where I am. They have done. They they have a group of women in sales in their company, and they've done events. Um, also, Drift is. Uh, I went to a women in sales panel. It was hosted at Drift. I mean, clearly, it was an important topic for them. And uh, it, it shows something. So you could host something live, you could do something virtual. There are all sorts of ideas. And if anyone is stuck, they can contact me and I'll talk to them and I'll give you some ideas. How about this too? Um, you know me, I'm always thinking. Yeah. How about if it's that important, how about create content about women in sales? So imagine creating an ebook. Imagine writing a blog post. Imagine creating up with coming up with different ideas that you could actually highlight, express, share what it means. Maybe I would have one of the women in your organization write a blog post about women in sales, um, about how to um, uh, what it's like to be a woman in your organization, or anything. So anytime you put content out into the world, 
that talks about women, women in selling, what it's like to be a woman in the organization. Guess what you're associated with, yeah, people? for sure. Being women's positive. Ta-da! Yeah, somebody, you know, Microsoft just did that. Rocky Voria works in the Worldwide Inside Sales Organization, and she did a post. It's actually on Forbes. I think it's Forbes. She's a, a writer there, but it's all about how Microsoft, how some of their sales teams are 50% women because of how they went intentionally to, about it to do that. And they also have women leaders and, and there's statistics where if you have a woman leader, you have a higher chance of having more diversity on your sales team. Okay, so Mike here, oh, Mickey, sorry. Mickey, I like Mickey, she's on it. <laughs> she's called you to task and I'm gonna see how you handle this. Yeah. She says, why does Lori keep saying young? That bias she talks about, especially my way, is across all generations, has nothing to do with women. It's just stupid many managers think. So you keep, she feels you keep talking about young women as opposed to women in general. Well, yeah, and thank you, Mickey, for that. The, the reason I'm saying young is because I've been talking to a lot of young women. And I talk to colleges, I go to universities and colleges, and I give a talk about how admirable the profession of sales is. And I go to University of Texas, Dallas and did presentations and I'm doing a lot of presentations with younger women. And so they're telling me it's their first or second job. They're looking for a good career. That's why. But no doubt they're, you know, I, I can definitely strike the word young and it, it would it would probably hold all, all the way through. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Um, Jacqueline was told, I wish I could call her in and she could tell a story, but Jacqueline says she's worked in sales where I was told I was unable to sell a specific brand due to the fact that I was a woman and they did not want women selling their items. Whatever. I would chalk that up to probably not a good place to work, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So they did her, did her a favor. Yeah. Um, she goes, I was referring to your comments about your managers when it came to the young your managers. Um, oh, I was talking about young male sales managers too. I mean, typically, oh, so maybe they, I shouldn't say young, that they're managers, managers in general. Um, yeah, I'm I, totally, I'll, I'll accept that. I, I just find that um, a lot of times people still get promoted to management from sales. Oh, you hit your numbers, mm -hmm. you know, eight, 10 quarters in a row, we're gonna move you into sales management. No training. And the biggest thing is that there's no training on style differences, and that's what we need. People have different styles, even if it's not, it's not women and men. You know, I'm not a detail-oriented person. I can make a deal on a napkin, and so can you, Keenan, <laughs> right? So the people that have to go, go through 50 spreadsheets, you know, they drive me crazy. I can't work with those people. And, and the minute I learned as a younger person, this is something I, I learned early in my sales career, that... You know, when people are diametrically opposed like that, it's usually a style thing. Yes. And so I just, you know, get another salesperson to help them. In the case of a manager, and I've run into this where managers will just not even work with certain salespeople because they say, I can't work with them, you know, and, and they're not taking the, the leadership responsibility of, of helping everybody on their team to improve no matter where they're at. You know, it's like a sports team in that way. You know, you, you've said it a couple of times and I want to give you a chance to sort of for lack of a better word, readdress it or really drive the nail home. Um, much of this is about leadership, right? It really, Absolutely. really is about leadership. Whether it's a woman in the leadership role or it's a man in the leadership role is really not the point. It's the idea, and Mickey, I think you're a leader, so I, I'm really gonna lean on you because you seem to be really participating well. We need to find ways to be active and deliberate 
in our efforts to find and hire women and promote women. And that means more than just building um, job descriptions that get them to come in. It's creating a holistic um, approach and methodology and framework that includes inbound, outbound, that includes content, that includes leadership, that includes cultural elements. Like, talk about that. What do you think about that? Yeah, a absolutely. I mean, a case in point, uh, we just held, because I don't put it all on companies, I also think women need to know how to rise within an organization and be concise and articulate, just like anyone, any professional should. We put on a public speaking program for women with a company called Heroic Public Speaking. In fact, you referred somebody, Keenan, and it was really awesome. She had a great time, by the way. And um, I don't fuck around. You know yes, that. I don't fuck around. You. Thank you for that. And there was a company that wanted to send 18 women, and they passed the, my email around. All these women were so excited. And then they couldn't figure out how to fund it. And they couldn't figure out whose budget it would come out of. They couldn't figure out this. And then there's transportation, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's a leadership issue. You know, a whole bunch of people missed out because a leader didn't say, you know what? I'm not sure how we're going to pay for this, but this is an important thing. We're going to make it work. So there's no doubt that strong leaders set the tone for diversity, for culture, uh, for everything that's good about an organization. It, it starts at the top. It seems like, too, one of the things they can do to help with that is join women sales pros. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mickey, join I expect Mickey yeah. of all people, her company to be part of women sales pros by Monday morning. I hope so. Yeah. yeah we have a free sign up just for information and we, we actually don't charge for anything. We, we will in the future, but <laughs> that's another story for another day. But, um, but yeah, we just want to get, we want to see more women in sales leadership roles and help, get more women into sales. So if anybody has questions about how to do it or how they, they're not getting more, we have lots of stories about companies that couldn't find women and are now finding women and they're doing fantastically. Good, good. So t people tell, go a little deeper. Tell, talk a little bit more about women sales pros, like who they are, what you put on, like, like sell, sell it, sell it, baby. Yeah, so, so it started off as a group focused on just getting more visibility to women sales experts because we were not seeing women on the main stage. And we've talked about this before. So that's much, it's a much better situation today, although not always. Um, and, and now we want to shine a light on sales leaders, women sales leaders in companies, women who want to know about getting into sales, who want to maybe move on to their second sales, you know, uh, advance in some way in sales. And we're here to help with that. So it's a virtual community. We do events in different cities and different areas periodically doing an event, uh, on May, uh, 9th in San Diego, as a matter of fact. So. If anybody wants information on that, I'd be happy to give it to them. And what's the, what's the event, May 9th? It's, a, it's called Rev It Up Sales Leader Summit. We did one in Boston last year and the year before. We did it in Chicago the year before that. And uh, we're, we're tying it on right after Outreach's event. So Outreach has an event in San Diego, and they actually are sponsoring us to have this space the next day. And what are the topics and stuff? Like, what, what are you going to talk about? So we're going to have Mary Lou Tyler, who co-wrote um, predictable sales and predictable prospecting. So it's, it's sales leader topics. Okay. Um, it's just that most of our presenters are women, uh, but not all. 
Uh, How come you have not invited me to speak it? I don't get it. I don't get it. I will invite you. No, that's my present tense. My question was why you hadn't asked why me. Why didn't I? Yes. I, I, I have a re method of my madness, but oh. you know, we love you. <laughs> we have invited you in the past, I know. I, I am a huge woman's advocate. Like, yeah. huge, huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. I prefer working with women. I noticed when I was in sales management positions, there were always more women on my team than, than not. And yeah. I, wasn't, I didn't think it was conscious. Now, clearly, there was some subconscious yeah. that... I just find women to be a lot easier to work with. I find women to be more committed in the long run. I find them to be more loyal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know men are loyal too. Please don't go down this stupid road. But I just, I really did. I, I found myself, and maybe it's because I have such a strong personality in the, in the, you know, big swinging dick guys, and I just went like this. So I just got rid of them. I don't know. But yeah. um, I am a, and now that I have three daughters, like the stories I could tell about what I've learned and how I've had to go on my own journey. And so yeah. I don't know. Look, you, you better be method to your madness. Cause. And I think a good message to leave with is just, you know, make a 1% improvement. We all talk about that. A 1%, you know, more thoughtful about who we're looking for and looking at different places to hire people. And just a little steps. So it doesn't have to be 180. And, and you'll see some change. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Anything you want to leave? Every, anything else you'd like to leave folks with? This was fantastic. Um, anything else you want to leave folks with? Just show if, if there's a, a powerhouse woman in sales on your team that you want to showcase, we're writing blog posts about them. And we're going to be sharing them on the Women's Sales Pros blog. So you can email me at lori, L-O-R-I, at womensalespros.com, and we will we'll write about them because we believe that, you know, if people can see it, they can be it. And, and that will help with women having more role models in, right in sales. Awesome. Awesome. Lori, thank you so much. Thanks, Keenan. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So folks, in closing, what I'd like to say is this, because my monologue was lost in me and I will end at the end. Okay, folks, listen, if you've listened to this whole thing, you've heard a lot and you've learned a lot. But in order to make change, you have to be willing to accept that you have subconscious bias. You have about everything. But when it comes to women, you have them and you have to be willing to get comfortable with that and own that. And when you get comfortable and own that, you begin to open up your eyes and begin to start self-assessing your behavior and your interaction and your expectations of women and how you engage with them, why you do and don't hire them, and what's going on. So the best thing you can do is own that. Look, as I said in the beginning, I'm the father of three girls. I was raised by a super liberal family. I believed I had no issues with women. I thought I was all about it, but I only wanted a boy. Like I just wanted a boy when I had kids because I had this mindset that boys were ass kickers and girls played with dolls. And then I got three daughters who were straight ass kickers and they changed my mind. It was, wow, you got a lot more bias here than you realize, Jim. And so it's made the world open up for me. So look, people, you have bias. Accept that shit and learn to address it and grow from it. And if we can do that, it's going to make a big difference. All right, so take that with you. Take what you've learned today, everybody. Open up, reduce that bias, accept you got it, and let's make positive change moving forward. So with that, everybody, Lori, again, thank you very much. Thanks, Keenan. My pleasure. You got it. And you all know what I'm going to say. Until next time, peace. I'm out.